passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the Cafe Hangout. I'm John Pollock, alongside Waiting. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the new, the improved, the inimitable Cafe Hangout. I am John Pollock with Waiting, as I have now said twice. Because <laughs> you know what? The double shot is gone, but that doesn't mean that we love double of everything. We're going to have double the calls, double the patrons, double the shows to discuss, yeah. and double the... Uh, technical problems maybe we hope not let's not jinx ourselves but yeah that is always to be expected uh already a record number of ca- uh, patrons in the cafe this week so thank you everybody for joining us right uh on the dot at 3 p.m no late start for us today because we have a lot to get to yes i think that uh war has been declared uh and the is- cafe hangout is coming for you nxt uk because they are going head to head with us but you know what bring it Bring it. Bring it, NXT UK. We are ready. <laughs> so uh, uh, I hope we don't, uh, we don't contribute to Benno's trademark term. Brit Rez is dead. I don't want us to, to kill off NXT UK because they're going either. against a juggernaut with you and I. <laughs> you know, uh, Lots to talk about today. Obviously, we're going to be discussing all of the fallout of Wednesday night's insanity between AEW's premiere episode of Dynamite NXT's first full two-hour episode on the USA Network that Way and I have both now had the opportunity to watch. We're also going to be going through all of the news from today, and joining us to chat about the news will be Andrew Thompson, someone that's uh, you may be familiar with his work previously uh, with sites like uh, Fightful, and has now been doing updates on our site uh, throughout the week. He's going to join us. He was also in attendance at the Capital One Center on Wednesday night for the AEW debut. We'll get his thoughts on the show from a live perspective. The ratings will be coming out, and we will stay on the air until those come out, and everyone can go absolutely insane about what the week one numbers mean and we will throw uh we will throw the we will just throw the fish into the sea of sharks for everybody to devour (laughs) the gasoline into the fire that is a great analogy yeah so that will be coming out later Uh, i also had a chance to go through uh, tony Khan's scrum after the first episode and i want to start off with this because this was of the predictions of what was going to happen today a wwe press release with a statement about AEW's debut was not on my list of things to expect. I haven't seen this yet. I'd love to know what, what, what it says. This is the statement that was sent out by the WWE. What, to like press? To emails? Yes, to or? press. Okay. Did not make its way to post-wrestling, which I, I don't know. We're, we're not, I guess, on... A press release just seemingly kind of out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, what? and it almost... We can, we can dissect further, but here's the statement. Congratulations to AEW on a successful premiere. The real winners of last night's head-to-head telecasts of NXT on USA Network and AEW on TNT are the fans, 
who can expect Wednesday nights to be a competitive and wild ride. This is a marathon, not a one-night sprint. Wow. Now, if that does not read as a preeminent um, statement before, like, they have to believe we're, we, are, we did not attract the viewership that AEW did. Mm-hmm. And they, like, this just sounds like a very conciliatory statement, yeah. knowing that the week one number is going to come out and AEW is going to be the clear winner. Now, do you think this was a good move? Knowing that, you know, if these results are, are to be true, and we will find out at the end of this uh, the broadcast, was this a good move to save face? Or was it necessary? I think that it's very transparent. That's, mm-hmm. that is what I see from here. And I would say that, you know, tonight, I think they're going to get tons of like real press that is going to want a reaction to these numbers. And this will be the default statement that goes out. Sure. And that this is, you know, as they say, the fact that the end, this is a marathon, not a one night sprint. Yep. I mean, I and think that's that, true. Uh, it is true. It is true. Like ultimately this week, one number. And I, I believe when we get these numbers, I, I certainly felt a difference in AEW with the promotion they received in the, in the final hours leading up. Uh, on that day, I mean, even a little thing like Todd Martin writing that piece for the LA Times and that being the most read piece on the LA Times website. Mm-hmm. That is, I wow. think that tells you. And just the people I heard from that were just either lapsed fans or like outside the, the wrestling world, like AEW had a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to get a really big number from AEW. I don't know how big, but I'm, I'm certainly much eh, higher on AEW's number that I'm expecting we're going to get in about an hour's time. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but, you know, again, I think it's important to realize what we, whatever the number is this week, I feel like we need to add an asterisk to both shows. One with AEW, of course, being the first show, eliciting a great deal of interest. But also, I don't expect the the type of NXT show that we just saw to be every single week. This no, was a show can't be. that they loaded up and made very special to try to counteract. What will be really interesting once these numbers, numbers come out is looking back and assessing NXT steps uh, in the three weeks leading up to this to perhaps, you know, try to counter this specific number. Were they effective? Could they have done something differently? Did it work against them to go go, uh, go ahead two weeks earlier? I think that ultimately it's going to come out that I, I don't think the two weeks ultimately is going to. And it's hard. We haven't seen the numbers yet. But I don't think that the two weeks... It established a good audience for NXT. But I don't... I think people ultimately... There, the curiosity factor for a new company that was going to do something different, there was no way you were going to override that. And that would have been the same case if NXT had not gone on two weeks earlier. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I don't think it mattered. I think that there was still going to be this big audience for AEW. Um, the question now is, how big is this number? And they have to, WWE clearly has to be looking, you know, Dave Meltzer had a thing on some overnight numbers in eight different markets, and they're looking pretty pretty good for AEW. So WWE has to be, they're, they're bracing for what this number is going to be and realistically what NXT is going to be. And also breaking it down, like there will be the overall viewership number, then we have the demo breakdowns, this is all... This is all important stuff. And man, was it refreshing that, you know, I catch a lot of flack for the emphasis I put on television numbers and when I write about them and stuff. And who gives you that flack? Really? Oh, believe me, there are people. Television ratings don't matter. It's, it's, it's all that matters. Tony Khan literally news. said in his post media scrum, the most important thing is the number tomorrow for our broadcast partner, TNT. And 
also seem it was also very interesting and somewhat refreshing to hear him say when someone brought up that you guys were trending all night that he believes there is not a whole lot of correlation between tweet trending on Twitter mm-hmm. and Nielsen numbers. Right. So I mean that's you know something that you know we we kind of look at like what what does that ultimately mean? And it seems that he is someone that like Tony Khan is a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. Like he has a data management company that specifically breaks down all of this stuff. And it is like there is the Real numbers, the numbers that tell you a lot, and then there's the bullshit stats. And I think that he probably has a very clear indication of what's what. So on the show, we have uh, Andrew to get to in about 10 minutes' time. But before that, shall we get into some calls? You want to get into some of our thoughts on NXT? Let's talk about NXT sure. first. Okay. So you and I both had a chance to to watch the show. And I guess, first of all, just overall thoughts on what they presented. Overall, I felt like it was a really excellent show. You know, on paper, this looked like it was a takeover quality card. Near takeover, I would say, on paper. And execution, I would say, I think it definitely lived up to that. You know, not quite at a takeover level, but I think very close to it. Good surprise returns, good setup for future programs. I was really impressed with the video packages. And this is where I feel like NXT really had the advantage over AEW, where for whatever reason, we've seen those great road twos, but on the actual body of Dynamite, we only got to see one video package. Whereas NXT had very well laid out video packages for all their main events, or at least, you know, the the Shayna match and also the the Undisputed Era match. And also, uh, you know, great introduction to somebody like a Tegan Knox, you know, immediately in like 30 seconds told you exactly what you needed to know about that particular character so um and also in ring nxt definitely took the edge i thought between the three title matches on the show really good wrestling on the show nxt wins they put their best effort into producing a major event to counter the uh, the competition i felt aew on the other hand felt like it was staying the course going slow and steady and you know if to, to make another analogy like this would be I think a bit of a case of the turtle versus the hare with NXT being the hare going full speed to making sure, you know, that uh, they get as much as possible out of this first airing. Whereas NXT at le- or sorry, AEW, I think their show was very much just going by their original game plan, not necessarily being as, as reactionary and not really throwing everything into that first. Yeah, and NXT put out like a, a huge, you know, pay-per-view caliber show. I mm-hmm. thought... I thought that Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle was fantastic. I thought the tag title match was tremendous. I really got into the drama of Shayna Baszler and yeah. Candice LeRae. Mm-hmm. And I, I also like, too, like the, you know, quote unquote, like, like shorter matches. Like the shortest match was just under eight minutes. Like everything got uh, short with the caveat of, uh, with the commercial breaks in between, too. And yeah. That, that was something we should talk about as well, because... Despite the picture in picture, I mean, they went half an hour commercial free for the for the first 30 minutes. But unfortunately, that kind of resulted in the rest of the show having maybe more commercials than typical. And I thought it was really noticeable in the Shayna versus uh, uh, Candice LeRae match where there were moments in the match that looked like they were climaxing and peaking for like big reactions. But unfortunately, we couldn't hear. But you can argue whether or not that was a, a smart tactic. You know? I would say watching it back... Um... You know, obviously, the picture-in-picture, picture, it's designed for the live experience so that you're not flipping the channel. Mm. I'm watching it the day after, and I'm watching it. To me, it it took me out of the match as much of a full-on commercial break. Yes. Like those picture-in-pictures. So I don't think it didn't keep me any more captivated than if they had just completely gone to break and come back. Mm-hmm. So in, in that sense, um, you know, if you're talking... And also, it's going to be interesting what kind of version we get on the network tomorrow night i presume it's just going to be the commentary continued through the break and we're just going to get the whole thing don't you think i'm really not sure or are we going to get a gap 
I'm really not sure. Uh, I mean, I know on I don't I haven't seen their versions of SmackDown. So people, if if you've seen uh, TV shows where WWS produced that have picture in picture, typically what they look yeah. like in broadcast, because we I'm don't get sure. the picture in picture in Canada. Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of curious to see that. So um, other things, yeah, I think that they had the, the surprises in place with, with Finn Balor, which mm-hmm. I understand it had kind of been in in the planning for for a while now, and then Tommaso Ciampa coming out at the end. So you were left with. Some some big matches to go to. It wasn't like they just blew everything and had nothing to come back with. They've kind of teased you. I, I think that you could do something in the interim. With what, what do you think about Finn Balor on NXT? I think it freshens up the main event mix. Certainly adds a good deal of uh, uh, you know uh, star power uh, by far. Now probably the biggest star in the, on, on the on the show. Um, freshens things up, and I think Finn Balor. You know, probably not as big of a difference maker on either Raw or, or SmackDown these days. So putting him in NXT is a really good move. Yeah. yeah. I hope they hold off on Ciampa for a bit. Like, that should be a long term. Is he even ready? I don't know if he's officially been cleared. Right. Uh, but obviously, if they're putting him on TV, they've got to believe that it's it's soon, at yeah. least. Uh, yeah. but, but I don't know for sure. I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you think ratings patterns, and we haven't really seen him, seen him yet, but, you know, can you predict... You know, the fact that NXT put Cole versus Riddle up very first with the half-hour block uh, without commercials, do you think that was the right call versus perhaps saving it for the main event going up against Kenny and the Bucks and, and Jericho? Commercial free. You know what? If I was putting that show together, I didn't think it was a bad way to start because if I was just lo- – just all things being equal, I think I would have just stuck with – I would have just started and watched the first 20-plus minutes of Cole and Riddle right. because that was the match. Even with the curiosity of, like, you know, knowing what the – the TV show looked like the staging, the the lighting, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's what you were countering. Um, yeah. To me, match versus match, it was clear which one I would be more sure. interested in. But you're right. It was like the feel and just the presentation, which I think appeals to a larger amount of people than just match to match. That almost had more of my interest than any particular match on that AEW show was what this show was going to feel like, how the commentary team was going to sound. Um and, you know, commentary team, I felt both teams were really good. You know, Moro, Nigel, and Beth obviously have, have the longer chemistry between the two. They felt like a really well-oiled oiled machine, uh, really smooth, really just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, tight, I would say. Whereas I think JR, Shivani, and Excalibur also sounded really good, but I think they bring something different in that, you know, there's a great deal of nostalgia and I think familiarity with JR and Tony's voice, especially being on TNT. Uh, so I would say both teams really sounded really good. It's certainly better than anything on Monday. Well, I think, uh, you know, Moro, like you, you certainly heard, like, here's a guy that in a, in the season of pumpkin spice where there are uh, leaves being placed in bags, he did not want to be the fall guy. He delivered that much better than I did, but I was just like the the ability to be able to just get a line like that out there was uh was something else. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on the show? Um, you know, I, I liked NXT as you know. Uh, I, I thought both were really strong shows, to be honest. But I think that it's uh, a lot's going to be put into the number. Which which would you say did the better job of bringing you back for week two? We got the announcements of Drew Gulak, Leo Rush with the re- rebranded NXT Cruiserweight title, mm-hmm. and Kushida, Walter, and conversely, John Moxley, Sean Spears, that they really didn't hit on at all during yes. the show, and Private Party, the Young Bucks, which I, I didn't think they really hit you no. a lot. It was mm-hmm. AEW. It's like, here's the new toy. We hope you want to play with it again next week. Mm-hmm. I feel like both shows... Because they, you know, especially NXT felt like it was such a climax. It 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 would be hard to, you know, get you 
to to bring you back with something that felt equal. So as much as I love Walter, as much as I like Drew Gulak, you know, you can't help but feel like week two is going to be a big step down from what they presented this week. But nonetheless, I'm going to tune into that Walter match. I love Walter and Walter versus Kushida. I'm still really curious to see what AEW has in store because we've only seen, you know, two hours of it so far. I haven't seen how how they're 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 planning on presenting, you know, so many of the other talents such as your, you know, uh, Private, uh, private Party, Jurassic Express, Joey Janela. We haven't seen a lot of that. We haven't really seen a lot of their backstage elements either. So I still have a great deal of curiosity to see what AEW is about to present. I'll, I'll be just as interested, I would say, next week. Um, just before we go to Andrew, uh, Tony Khan did do his uh, post-show scrum with uh, members of the media. So some some highlights here was you know going over how important the rating is on Thursday um, some of the storylines coming out of this was the idea that Earl Hebner blew the finish when Pac low-blowed Hangman Page that they're going to play up, and Hangman Page was already doing on Twitter, so that was part of the story. Um, he blew the finish. That he didn't see the low-blow oh, by, by Pac. Okay. Yeah. Um, he mentioned Jake Hager had been signed for a long time, even before All Out, uh-huh. and um, they were able to to keep it quiet. Okay. Um, pretty much, He said, like, he referred to Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, Guevara, and Hager as a stable uh, together that they're going to be moving forward to. Uh, I mentioned the thing about uh, Twitter and Nielsen correlation, and he was much more optimistic taking the statistic from the countdown special the night before that did 631,000 viewers. Uh, in addition to that, there was this big discussion on which wrestlers are insured or not, and this was clearly a topic that I don't think Tony Khan wanted to get into. He was kind of very kind of had his back up against discussing this and saying that most of the wrestlers you have seen uh, do work full-time with the company and have full-time benefits stated that John Moxley does have health care because this question came out of the death rider spot through the glass and asking about <laughs> who is insured yeah. and how are they insured. And he said that Moxley has health care through his wife that works full-time for another company. <laughs> really? He said, yeah, oh my just, God. He just, he did not feel prepared for this answer. And he just he doesn't have health care, but a competition is paying for his health care. Basically, basically wow. what he said. Yeah. Damn. Um, He's not sure if it's going to be an immediate replay every week because that's what they did on two, on Thursday where 10 p.m. TNT immediately replayed Dynamite yeah. afterwards. Okay. So that, that's going to be another interesting it's, audience too. I've also been made aware, at least in the U.S., it's available on their website, I believe TNTdrama.com. For, and TNT has been known to do this for, the, for their new series for the yeah. first couple of weeks. And ITV oh. Hub has mentioned that they've had some delays and I think it's going to be up later than 7 p.m. Um, in, in the okay. U.K. today. Huh. So right. said right. the dark matches they taped will probably air somewhere and hinted that they would be free online somewhere. Um, they're in t- when, when there was a recent interview with a TNT executive about doing a studio show, he said that could be more like a behind the scenes style show and was open to that possibility. Wouldn't really commit if they're going to lean in or not on politics after the We the People chant because WWE is so against doing anything political. Mm-hmm. Um, it was brought up Andrew Yang tweeting them ahead of it. Uh, he could not speak more about any interplay with New Japan, but he did not dismiss the uh, Justin Barrasso's report about Chris Jericho and Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. So it hmm. seemed like he did not refute that. Uh, would love to do some cross promotion with Glow on Netflix. He did go out of his way to explain why the cameras were in the locker room. And Jim Ross did explain we were eavesdropping in on them. And that was explained. He is very big on Wait this non-invisible camera. So that means it's okay? Like, so the camera is is there without Jericho knowing? Was that the explanation? It felt like they were trying to explain something that I... Way just, too much thought, I think, they're they're putting into this. Like, it's, like it's just... Yeah. Like, the camera could have just been on them, but they made it much more complicated. It just seemed like 
two different pages yeah, of yeah. thought. Uh, confirmed Ross, Shivani, Excalibur. They are the team on TNT. However, Shivani will not be available for full gear because of other sports commitments. Golden Boy will be on the broadcast. Okay. And he kind of pulled back on the idea of going the Kenny Omega, Nyla Rose route, like with the shove and kind of indicating like that was not supposed to happen. Omega was out there defending his protege, but see, like they were asking about doing like an intergender match on TV. And he seemed to be like, that's not where so we're Kenny going. So Kenny was asking about it? No, oh, this was oh, the, someone, the uh, one of the reporters asked about an intergender. I mean, the fact that they even went ahead with it on their TV and Tony, uh, 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 you know, right afterwards saying that wasn't supposed to happen. I don't think that's a really good sign of like, you know, what, uh, everybody being on the same page. Uh, it seems that it was the way I took it and he didn't spell this out was more so that he was just uh, like shielding Riho. But the shove. But immediately left any, everyone like that was my impression was, wow, they're going to do Kenny Omega and Nyla. Any wrestling fan would have thought that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those those were the notes. It's about uh, 35 minutes there, and uh, we'll see if he continues to do these each week. I think we have Andrew on the line right now. Is this Andrew Thompson, and are you on the line? Yep, John and Wade, how y'all doing? How are you, Andrew? It's good to have you on the show. Hey, I can hear y'all. It's our I'm first. Good, glad to be here, man. It's our first time talking to you, and, and immediately I want to thank you so much for all the great work you've been doing on our site over the past month. Uh, was Wednesdays and Thursdays, Andrew does our, our daily news updates. They are incredibly comprehensive and a much-needed break for John Pollock on those separate days so that we he can do stuff like this. Andrew's thank the you. transcription machine. He's just a machine in general. And uh, coming off of uh, Wednesday night, Andrew, I know you got to go uh, to the Capital One Center itself. And I'm really curious to get some of your thoughts because we've got to talk about it from the television presentation. But uh, take us into the arena and what kind of the the vibe was live there. I say uh, first and foremost, I do want to thank you guys for uh, the opportunity to write for you. Uh, It's been great so far. Uh, You guys do nothing but support me. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And um, uh, inside the arena, it was really jam-packed. Like, it was really loud in there. But I don't know how that came off on TV, but it was definitely uh, how how exactly it came off or how you think it would come off. There was a lot of Rowdy fans in there. Uh, A lot of people were excited, obviously. And uh, I felt like uh, after the Brandon Cutler-MJF match, the crowd kind of, well, the energy in the arena sort of went down a little bit. But when Nyla Rose and Rio had that match, that's when they came right back alive. Now, um, you know, Andrew, because I know uh, it's, it wasn't just Dynamite that, that was done, but uh, several dark matches. What what time did everything get started uh, by the time you got into the arena? Okay, so... Um, on, on the actual ticket for the show, they advertised the dark match to start at 7.30, uh, the pre-show dark match, and that started exactly at 7.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern. And um, it was Darby Allen and Shima. Yep, yep. And Darby Allen defeated Shima with uh, the coffin drop. And for the post-show dark match, uh, the first one was the Lucha Brothers. They teamed with Angelico and Jack Evans, and they defeated uh, Best Friends and Private Party. And Orange Cassidy came out with uh, best friends and aunt, like aunt, people immediately knew who Orange Cassidy was. Like it wasn't that you know that period, but people you know kind of wonder like their sounds in the arena. People wonder who this guy is. Everybody knew who Orange Cassidy was, and they they popped for him like crazy. And I'm assuming everybody stuck around till the end. Uh, yeah, for majority, most part, like it wasn't like completely full. I'm not gonna sit there and say it was completely because it wasn't. Like some people left, but for the most part, it was generally full. 
Did you get a sense as to, you know, how many casual fans were perhaps sampling AEW for the first time? I mean, it's probably really tough to tell amongst like a sea of 14,000. But if you could, you know, just maybe through your daily, like regular interactions, walking through the crowds or something. Uh, I I would mostly say it was more fans that know like who or or what AEW is. Because I I remember um, doing a commercial break. Uh, I don't know if you guys, well, I don't know if it was on commercial break, but um, before the main event. Um, Nick Jackson got on the microphone. It was him, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson in the ring. And uh, they, like, he started, like, talking to the fans and, like, hyping everything up. And, like, it was just, like, a sea of people just chanting AEW. So I'm like, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure this is, like, a crowd full of people that know what this is and they know what's going on. What did you think about the, the couple days leading up, Andrew, in terms of which show kind of had you know, the lion's share of the attention, because I think going into this week, like it, re- it really hit me certainly on the, on the Wednesday, like just how big AEW felt to a lot of people that were maybe uh, lapsed fans that were coming back. And like, they certainly had the big curiosity factor, which was always going to be their advantage going into this, this first head to head night. I said, you, you want to know what's crazy about that? The guy that I was sitting next to, it was another guy along with my friends who were there too. I was sitting next to another guy. He told me that he was a lap fan and AEW brought him back into the, you know, into the mix of professional wrestling. So that was like real cool to hear. And I was just uh, chatting with him about uh, like what specifically about AEW made him want to come back. And he was just like, it's the whole, you know, just the new factor of having a, a new wrestling company out there. Uh, and you know, that, that, I was like, the gist of that. So I, I kind of feel like out of, both between NXT and AEW had the most the most hype coming into this week. I would say AEW because people were curious to see how they were going to present their product on TNT with commercial breaks and you know all that good stuff. What would you say were some of the standout moments from uh, being there live? Some of the standout moments, uh, definitely one was when the was when the guy threw the, the hot dog in the ring, right with Jericho, like. Yeah, and like I, I know they pushed that out on social media. Like I, I like how they did like try to act like that didn't happen. Like they they you know they publicized it and made it a big thing. And Jericho hopped on the mic doing a commercial break and you know addressed it. Uh, one of the highlights uh, wasn't even on TV. It was when Luchasaurus uh, competed. They they offered three dark matches um, after the show went off the air. And when I tell y'all that when look well, as soon as Jack Swagger, Santana Ortiz, uh, Jericho and Guevara once they left the stage. And Justin Roberts got in the ring, and he, you know, he 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 said before the show that we were going to have dark matches, but he brought it up again after the show. As soon as he said the, as soon as he finished the sentence dark matches, people immediately started chanting for Luchasaurus, like wow, immediately. And he wow. he was the last, um, him Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy were the last dark match, but people were going crazy for Luchasaurus, like. At, it's amazing to me, like, this guy, like, he, he's literally, like, wearing a dinosaur mask, and, like, people are so, like, intrigued with what he does. It's crazy, man. Like, the, yeah, Luchasaurus got one of the biggest reactions of the night, and it wasn't even on TV. But Tony Khan did confirm, uh, I saw one of the uh, post-media scrums um, on YouTube, and Tony Khan did confirm that uh, some of those dark matches, well, most of the dark matches are going to be available to watch online for free. Commentary team was out there, too, so doing the dark matches i'm also curious coming from you andrew who uh, like like a lot of us like we we lived through wwf and wcw and then 2001 happens and all of that comes to an end uh 
you're a lot younger. So when, when you hear about the Monday Night War, is that something that you have uh, of the context at the time for you? I mean, were you following wrestling at all at that point? Or is that like much before your time as a fan? Yeah, I, I knew about the Monday Night Wars, but I wasn't as aware. I remember I used to sit down and like I would watch the shows with my older cousin, and like he would flip back between WCW and WWF, and I was like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, oh, this, you know, guys. I, I knew it was wrestling. I was just didn't understand like what exactly was going on until I got older and you know, started getting into uh, wrestling media and whatnot. But it's it's it's. I mean, I know people want to peg it as a war, and some people don't, but. It's competition, and it's good for the business overall, and it's good for the wrestling media overall that we got so many different outlets. And I think that um, with something like uh, it is open. And you see how uh, Triple H, how he welcomed the media to the Performance Center yesterday, and how WWE, um, and they, they really didn't allow access to the, you know, the nucleus of the wrestling media to interview their talent. But now, you know, with AEW coming along, that access has become more available. So, and I think it's good for everybody. Were there, you know, noticeable slow points at all during the the, the live experience? Um, how how were commercial breaks handled for the most part? What was all that like? Uh, for the most part, the the, the slow part came um, the MJF branded color match. I know I felt to some people in the in the area that I was sitting in, like they kind of felt like the match ended very quickly and they weren't really um, pleased with that. I guess that's from what I took and the uh, Pop and Hangman Page match. I know that, like, I know a lot of people, like, in this particular section I was sitting in was very excited to see that, and they thought it was going to be more than what it actually was. But it, it was still a good match, but I thought, you know, that they were going to go out, you know, go to the wall with it. And then once, um, like I said before, Nala, Nala Rose and Rio came on and they got into the gist of their match, that's when the crowd started coming alive again. But from that portion, from um, MJF uh, to Nala Rose, Versus Rio, like the crowd, was, like, the energy was kind of flat in the arena. That's just how I put it. Uh, before we wrap up here, Andrew, I just wanted to ask you uh, a few news items. On on Wednesday, you went through that whole CM Punk interview that he did with Collider. And just uh, listening to that entire interview, what were just some of your own personal takeaways of where CM Punk is right now in terms of his career and confirming this recent audition for the backstage show? Honestly, <laughs> to be honest, I, I think he's taking the job. I really do I think he's going to take that uh, uh, job for WWE backstage on FS1. I like. I don't know Punk personally, so I, I can't like really speak to this. But just from what I've taken, just you know, just from dealing with people and you know, daily interactions and stuff like that, CM Punk doesn't want to come off like he's um, what, what's the word like like he's pressed, like he doesn't want to um, you know seem like he's too enthusiastic about the job. But he probably is going to take the job, like just the same nonchalant about the whole situation, mm. the whole. Um, thing with him in WWE and I, I heard you guys um, before you brought me on how you talked about uh, Punk saying that he he was only dealing with people from Fox and he wasn't dealing with people from WWE and made that very clear so I, I kind of I, I really do think CM Punk is going to end up being on WWE backstage because he did mention that he loves Renee Young and loves working with Renee Young and then he commented on the whole um, Booker T thing said he's always had a great relationship with Booker so, you know, I, I really don't see no reason why CM Punk shouldn't be on WWE backstage, but I guess we'll see. And um, there's a, something going to be in the news update today uh, that Nick Jackson, he did an interview with the New York Post, and he said what the, the, the reporter asked him uh, what, what what's going on with the CM Punk situation, you know, amid the FS1 uh, rooms and stuff like that. 
And Mick Jackson said the ship has sailed on that one. And that's all he said. So, hmm. interesting. yeah, that's interesting. Oh, it, it seems like the uh... – the ball really seems to be in, in Punk's court. And I think that most people see that, the, you know, this is really him just kind of setting it up uh, for, you know, him to segue into a professional wrestling role in 2019. And I think that it's, it seems like that's where things are trending. Uh, anything else you, uh, you want to tease for the, uh, the update that's coming up later today, including <laughs> uh, what will be the most analyzed and scrutinized television viewership figures of the year? Oh my goodness! I, I I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy on social media when those ratings come out. But I, I know you guys. Did you guys get the statement that WWE sent out about yeah. AEW? Yes. What did you make of that, yeah, Andrew? So I, I I I think that AEW got the high rating. Like that, that that's kind of what I what I take of. It. I mean, it could be WWE just you know sending a congratulations, congratulations on your show. But uh, that that but really I, did we, sound we, like a preemptive. Uh, we we know where things are going to be landing in a couple of hours' time. Definitely. Oh yeah, there, there was another dark match that happened um, uh, after the eight man tag. It was Britt Baker. She teamed with Allie, and they defeated uh, Penelope Ford and B Priestley. And you know they played the whole thing with you know B. She gave um, Britt Baker the concussion that fight for the fall, and and Britt Baker did this this new fin- I think I, I think it was a new finisher. She like put Penelope Ford in like a Rings of Saturn maneuver, but like pulled on her teeth. Like it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. That was a nice little move in the crowd. You know, reacting good to that because everybody knows Britt Baker's intentions and stuff like she that. She can so, fix the teeth know. after. She's just trying to yeah. add, add to exactly. her business. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Andrew, we uh, we very much look forward, as always, to your uh, your extensive updates. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Where people can uh, follow you on Twitter? Anything else you want to get out there? Uh, you can follow me at AD Thompson on Twitter, and you can catch all of my work on Post Wrestling. And just a little sneak peek, I might have an interview to drop next Tuesday. So that's going to be cool. The art of the tease. Andrew Thompson has it down. Uh, <laughs> we will definitely have you on uh, many more times here on The Hangout, Andrew. Uh, you're doing fantastic work. It's great to have you on board. And uh, thanks a lot for jumping on with us today. All right, I'll talk to you guys later, man. Thank you again. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. That was great. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Uh, Andrew always has great, great stuff. Yeah. And as I said, the uh, the transcription, it's the bane of my existence is transcribing. And this guy, a machine. Uh, shall we go to some phone calls? Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into the calls. We have uh, we have some time before this number comes out. So I definitely want to hear uh, from people, whether you saw both shows, one show, either show. And also, you know, which what what is going to be your typical viewing schedule for for Wednesdays moving forward? Because I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a tough ask to expect people to watch two shows every week. Are you going to be flipping, or are you going to just pick one or the other depending on the week? I want to give some shout outs here to the chat room, which is uh, at I want to say the ca- cafe is at capacity. We oh, are, wow. We're breaking our fire code. S- to, SRO in the <laughs> cafe? We're breaking our fire code in order to, uh, to to facilitate everybody being here. But hello to Miles G, Philip Jerriman, Daniel Perry, Brandon D, uh, Brandon Gallagher. More Brendans. I think I think we're, we're going to make a Brendan wing of the uh, Post Wrestling Cafe. But uh, I want to say a special thank you, uh, a hello to a regular caller of the show, Hanzi. Hanzi, what's up? Yeah, what's going on, guys? How are you? Very well, very well. What it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the the brand new cafe hangout unless we had the the man, the myth, he, he's the our, Hansi He's our he's our norm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say I'll say in the chat with all these new guys coming in. I'm I'm worried. Me, Brandon, and Paul from New Jersey got to put over the new guys now. You know what? I'll, we'll, I'll... we'll always have time for your segment, which I will dub. 
the Hanzi scheme. That's a dope name, man. That's a dope name. Um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be. I'll try to be quick. I know other people might want to call in, so I'll, I'll try to be quick as possible. But yo, listen. Um, I saw NXT. I thought overall, like for a match standpoint, I thought that was like the better in-ring show. Um, but I mean, but AEW, man, holy. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest like show ever created, but it just a new excitement with like a new produ- a new production, and the, you know, just hearing Tony Schiavone, like Tony Schiavone sounded so much more motivated than he did his last two years of WCW. And, you know, it was just surreal hearing his voice um, back on a national broadcast again. And I I really I really dug a lot of the matches. Uh, I don't know what to make of uh, this new stable that's being created. I don't know what it's going to be called. But I don't know. Like, listen, if you, if you told me on paper that Jack Swagger was coming back, it wouldn't really interest me in the sense because, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jack Swagger. I thought he was underrated. But I got to give the guy credit, though, when he showed up. Everyone in the crowd, you know, they, they they chanted for the guy, and it felt like a big deal. Even though I wouldn't really count um, that as like the big a big surprise, but um, I don't. But overall, man, I just I just love the vibe that uh, AW gave and everything like that. But um, my question is, uh, do you guys uh, do you guys think that um, with like with with NXT and and AW, do you think like that now like to like up like to make people more interested if the ratings aren't are, are to par with AEW. Do you foresee more pe- more like main roster guys that are supposed to be like bigger coming to NXT in the next cu- coming weeks? Because that's what I'm worried about. They're, they're gonna blow their stack on going. Okay, if our ratings if our ratings aren't good, then we're gonna be putting on uh, like you know we're gonna send uh, more people back that like might not be able like you might not need it. You know what I mean? I I definitely think that they will be reactionary. If we're, if we're talking uh, middle of November and they are significantly behind, I think there will be that natural reaction to spice up the NXT roster by putting bigger names on it. Um, I would say if all things are equal, I wouldn't want to overload NXT with talent going down because uh, I don't think you want to have like one guy is great. It I think it stands out. That person is special and if you were to overload the roster, I think that it's it, it takes away from the difference that you need to be able to cultivate with NXT being a different product and not just overloaded with guys. So it's a careful balance, but viewership figures are certainly going to dictate that, I imagine, because I, I can't see them just standing pat and not doing anything um, after, you know, if it's six to seven weeks where they are where they are behind. All right. Well, yo, yo, listen. Uh, thanks for answering my question. And guys, congratulations on the on the big turnout for uh, your Patreon and all that. Um, I, I I'm looking forward to uh, the SmackDown review. Uh, I can't wait for that to happen, man. It's a crazy week in wrestling, and I want to thank you guys for like you know uh, like keeping up your you know your usual work rate and like you know facilitating everybody to like get get the best value in their Patreon and all that. So don't feel bad about like making some of these shows exclusive for Patreon because you guys have went above and beyond to like facilitate. And I can't thank you guys enough. Director of communications, Hansi. Thank you so much as always for the call. I'm going to save this clip for any, anytime somebody <laughs> yeah. asks me about that. So thank you, Hansi. Hey, one, one question I had on the, uh, on the flip side of Hansi's question was coming out of NXT show on Wednesday. Yeah. If you were looking at potential candidates to go up, I think the top ones are Matt Riddle and the Street Profits. Do yep. you see either, both, or neither 
uh, getting drafted. Honestly, like what what kind of confused me was that the street. I would assume the street profits, especially even after the result. But the fact that they gave him such a big introduction with the Wally, entrance, I thought that entrance was so awesome. It was awesome. Like and everyone it, with the cups and wall. Like that was an awesome entrance. It almost makes me wonder if they'll be staying because they're putting those resources to the street profits. Why build them up so much if they're just going to leave? Right. I mean, I know it's all WWE anyway, but they gave nothing to the undisputed era. You know, but at the same time, where are the street profits going to go after you know this? So I I could see them moving up. I felt I thought for sure Shayna might have been a, a real I, candidate. That was the most surprising outcome of the night. I yeah. thought there was a good shot Candice was winning mm-hmm. uh, because ultimately I do see Shayna going to the main roster. Just yeah. a question of when. I think Shayna's going to stay put for for a little while. I think Riddle's Riddle's going to stay put too. You do? I do. Yeah. He. It was a great match that he had. I mean, I just look at Matt Riddle like that is obviously someone that no one needs to tell you that that would be someone Paul Heyman would be all sure. over. So. Yeah. Um, and the Street Profits as well. Clearly, their positioning on Raw is evident of that. So, I mean, those, those would have been the candidates uh, coming out that you would look at. And we'll see if any of them end up getting drafted over the next week we go, and a half. We go back to the phone lines. A lot of calls. So please, uh, everybody, try to keep your questions and comments as short as possible, at least for this particular episode. But, Caller, you're on the line. What's up? Hello, Caller. Hey, John. How are you doing? Very well. Who is this? This is Bill of Bill and Alex from Orlando. Bill. Whoa, Bill himself, Mister, our own sign guy, our sign guy. Thank you so much to to you and Alex for always out representing us. Anytime WWE goes to Florida, appreciate it. Uh, we enjoy it. A, a couple of thoughts on the shows last night. Number one, I I kind of almost had to rewire my brain to realize that NXT is part of the big corporation, and AEW is more of the up and comer. Uh, Back that AEW was in a um, big arena setting and NXT was in the small full sale setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with Excalibur. I knew nothing about him. I haven't watched any of their programming before. I really enjoyed him on commentary. I think Jr. is fine, but I'm I, I'm really to the point where I think he's he's past his prime and it's time to get some new younger blood in there. Um, and then the last thing, I don't know if you guys felt like it or anybody else felt like it, but I felt that a lot of the camera and production um, angles and so forth were done by former Nitro um, camera people and production people. It really, to me, took me back 20 years to feel like I was watching a, a Nitro and how they shot it and where some of the boom angles were and mm-hmm. things like that. And um I appreciate all, all you guys do, and we love all your, your podcasts, and I'll hang up and, and listen um, to your comments, to my comments, um, and have a great day. Thank you very, Thanks very much, always. Bill. We appreciate it. What did you think about the, the production, specifically of AEW? You know, um, like it's, it's interesting that Bill, Bill mentions that, because is, is Keith Mitchell not, not from the yeah. WCW oh, yeah, Nitro? Yeah. yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think that, you know, it very, I, the, the it, fingerprints were, were there. I mean, but I would say... The, to me, nothing necessarily stood out, you know, where I said, oh, this looks like Nitro or even this looks like Impact, you know, despite uh, much of this crew being from from those shows. I just felt like it was like a, a modern TV show that was up to broadcast standard, you know. I just want to add that one of the call we're getting a bunch of calls here and it just lists like who is calling here. One of them is Tony, Tony K. K. So I know Tony so K wants to call in. We'll uh, try we'll open up some time. K. We'll keep him on the air till the, the viewership. We have a lot of out. questions for you. Uh, but we got another caller on the line right now. Uh, what are your thoughts? And uh, first of all, what's your name? 
Hi, Jonathan from uh, Richmond, Virginia. I was at the show last night. Oh, that oh, is cool. awesome, Jonathan. Great to hear uh, new callers as well, as well as the old ones as yes. well. But Jonathan, tell us about the live experience at the Capital One Center. Um, I have been going to live wrestling shows since 1998, right in the middle of, you know, the big Monday Night Wars. And this felt like that again, like the energy from the crowd that was outside waiting um, inside the building, the heat throughout the entire show. Uh, it, it felt like that again. What, what kind of sense did you get leaving the building, uh, Jonathan? Like, was there like a palpable buzz like this is like it, it achieved what it set out to do, at least among those that were there live? Oh, absolutely. The enthusiasm was through the roof. Um, even though it, uh, by the end of the show, everybody felt a little tired because we'd been there for a while, but, um, everybody seemed very optimistic about where the show would be going for the following weeks. There was a lot of buzz over the final angle involving Jericho and Hagar and all them guys. Uh, it was just very positive overall. I didn't hear anybody with any negative things to say about the show when we were leaving. Now, you mentioned kind of p- people being a little bit tired at the end of it. I'm curious if if they did not tack on, like typically, you know, um, you know, you sometimes will see at WWE shows, like they'll do maybe one dark match after Raw. For SmackDown, it's a different case with 205 Live. Did you think it helped the live presentation to have those dark matches after the closing match, or did you think uh, it was too much? Um, honestly, I think it would have been more advantageous for them to maybe start the show a little bit earlier and put on more dark matches before the show. And then after TV stops, do, you know, one big dark match to end the show to send the whole crowd home happy and not so tired, especially when you're driving back from DC down to Richmond. It's like a two hour drive anyway, plus traffic. And yeah, we were, we were ready to go by the end of that Luchasaurus match. <laughs> Would you do that trip again? Like if AEW comes back in a couple months, a hundred percent, we're actually yeah. going to do it for uh full gear in baltimore which is another hour and a half from dc but hey it's live entertainment that's really good well that's you know that's that's a big part of the appeal of aew right now is people that are willing to travel to these shows which i I don't know how many people are necessarily making you know big road trips out of a raw or a smackdown right now so that's that's something very notable but uh thanks a lot for the live report jonathan great to hear from you Oh, one more thing real quick uh did you happen to see um oh who's it uh bryce rimsburg's tweet before the show no i did not what did he say um he put two pictures up it was uh one picture was of him up in the bleeds for starcade 97 and the other one was he was saying like this was my view in 97 this is my view now and it was a picture of him inside the ring oh wow um cool. well fun, I, I wish bryce remsburg had been the, about- the i wish bryce remsburg was the referee for hogan and sting at starcade 97 i'm sure he wouldn't have I messed up the, the count like nick Patrick. i wish that match was the invisible man versus the invisible stand <laughs> the invisible <laughs> referee fantastic but a fun fun fact about the two shows um from the 97 show and the show last night there are still two guys that were at both shows first one being tony shivani on commentary second oh Sorry, we we you had a dropout just as you were. Re- who revealed. was the second one? Shivani yeah. and who and who? Dean Malenko. Dean oh. Malenko. That's right, because Jericho wasn't on that show, right? He was just one of the guys in the crowd, I think. That's correct. On uh, Starcade, Dean Malenko faced Eddie Guerrero for the cruiserweight title. Right. Well, awesome. thank you very much, Jonathan. We appreciate it very much. Thank Thanks you very for the much. call. Appreciate cool. it, guys, and all your work. Thank you. Hope to hear from you again. Okay, let's. Uh... Keep going with the calls as uh, – wow. Uh, and I apologize, everybody, if you can't get through. We only have one line, but please keep calling in. We're going to try to take as many of these calls as we can before the, the number comes out. Uh, so uh, our next caller, you're on the line. What's your name? 
Hey guys, how are you? It's Savon from New Jersey. Hey, how are you doing? Sorry, did you say what? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was probably a name that you guys haven't heard. Uh, it's actually pronounced Savon. Savon. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, something you hear every day. Yeah, I know. Uh, just an absolute pleasure to talk to both of you. I uh, really enjoy both of your guys. Uh, your work on your both your free uh, and your Patreon. I'm a new member of Patreon, and oh, I'm thank uh, you. Just thank- a, just a little nervous talking. No, 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 not at all. What 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 did you watch on Wednesday night? I actually ended up watching AEW just from the the, the hype and everything, yep. and uh, you know, just with uh, that. I apologize, my daughter's in the background. Oh, Lordy, that's um, okay. Did, did, a, did you watch any of AEW? Yeah, yeah. I actually I, I watched a little bit of uh, AEW, and I tried to do the back and forth to NXT. I was actually um, I, I had a question for you guys. What does uh, you guys? Does anybody know what AEW did as far as? During the commercials, if they uh, turned the lights down or anything like that, or if they went to like a chin lock uh, extravaganza like the WWE usually does, so, so they come back on TV. Yeah, uh, so uh, you know, uh, interesting because uh, Neil actually, uh, who might be calling in a little bit later, he says he watched on the uh, AEW Plus uh, where they don't go to commercial breaks, and I believe at least like during the matches, you know, you had a lot of interaction between Jericho and the crowd, and this is where the hot dog incident happened. Um, so okay. maybe we'll hear a bit more from, you know, other fans who might've watched that live feed or actually attend, attended the show live. As far as we know, did they like go, go dark for, or anything like that? I'm, I'm unaware. I, I've got to imagine like just with the, the way AEW plus is set up that yeah. I'm imagining like they're just going to run through and mm-hmm. like, I really don't understand like the WWE mentality of just, we stop during the break. It's mm-hmm. like, I understand you're not going to do something crazy during the commercial break, but I think it's also like your mm-hmm. live experience in Toronto way was like, Oh it, yeah. It just, it, like it's a, it's a negative to that live like, crowd and it's going to affect when you come back from break. Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy. Like I saw that thing live and I was like, uh, I thought it was kind of boring. And then I go home and everybody's raving about it. Yeah. And I watched it on TV and it was a very different experience taking out like three minutes of chin lock out of that match. So, uh, I'm really curious to know, as well but uh thank you so much uh for your call and, and thank it. you very much for supporting uh, the site absolute pleasure to talk to both of you keep up the great work guys thank you so much thank, thank you, you. Savon. okay uh we're going to our next call and i think we have him on the line tony k everybody tony k <laughs> is joining us after after a, a long long build up here. tony k congratulations on your uh on the debut thanks lads it took a lot of hard work but <laughs> i really think it came off well thanks so very much and um, no, unfortunately, I have a well, maybe fortunately, a different wrestling surname. It's Kane. <laughs> Tony, but, Tony uh, Kane. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. I know. So. We'll have your our post <laughs> post AEW scrum with exclusive with Tony yeah. Kane after every put that in the title. Animal. Tony K joins us on the Cafe Hangout exclusive <laughs> interview. Uh, well, Tony, uh, what what did you uh, check out on Wednesday night? So I watched NXT. I watched it today, um, but I just thought it kind of. I don't know, a funny note on it. So I was in work and I was watching it like on my phone, just some clips before I could get home. And some friends in work, they were kind of lapsed fans and they were aware, mainly through me talking about it, that there was a new exciting wrestling show coming out. And when they they thought, oh, well, that must be the new exciting thing because it looks so different to, you know, WWE main roster stuff. And then when I showed them a clip of, dynamite they thought well loud shit that looks like the wrestling that i'm used to seeing and you know if you're kind of pr- uh, promoting yourself as this new alternative 
but you look kind of so generic and what people are used to. I just thought that was a bit of a funny disconnect that, you know, it's meant to be a new and exciting thing, yet NXT, which we've had for a number of years, visually is more arresting and it's something that people might go, oh, this is something that might be a bit different. I thought that was a kind of funny note for a lapsed fan to see that. Right. You know, is is there perhaps, um, you know, an interesting balance between making sure that you look different while still trying to maintain, you know, I think people's perceptions of what a major league wrestling product should Mm. look like? Yeah, sure. I I think there is an element of that. But through, you know, it's been so much put out that AEW is going to be different, brand new, different, exciting wrestling. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt the, you know, the presentation was very generic and i know what you're saying like you need to have broadcastable quality but from the outside laps fan looking in nxt was the one was like oh shit that does look kind of more exciting like dark in the crowd and such Hmm. i know aw probably want to have their crowd you know showing off look how many people we got into this arena but um if you want to you know promote yourself as a new different thing I thought visually, if I hadn't have known anything about it and I was just to see these two products for the first time, I would think, oh, NXT, that's the new exciting one, especially when I'm hearing voices from 20 years ago on AEW. Right. For that reason, you know, you, you seem to be a fan of, of the full sale look. Would you recommend that NXT stays in that venue? I think, yeah, I think so. I think, like, as opposed to running the risk of, you know, it's cool to be booking these massive venues, but if you could, you know, get a smaller crowd like just a ravenous crowd smaller closer to the action i think that lends itself well to a real buzz in the arena from well from my perspective watching it on tv um you know i'm gonna still watch both shows um and of course listen to up next and review uh rewind the dynamite but um you know i sounds so weird hearing hearing it from somebody else say the name but um, yes, <laughs> Rewind to Dynamite, the cool. name of our new show. Cool. Thank well, you very much. Come here. Subject. Oh, cool. Sorry. Take it easy. <laughs> Thanks very much for all you still. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tony. Hope to hear, hear from you every single week on, on the Tony cafe. K, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate it. We got a lot of calls to get to. So oh, boy. let's keep going here. I think we got Daniel Perry. Daniel, nice to finally talk to you. What's up? Yeah, you too, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I just think, to be honest, like Tony's point just then on. Um, the difference on the shows, particularly uh, how NXT can, kind of came across in comparison. Um, I think looking at kind of, hey, uh, you know, AEW seems to be really trying to kind of compete with that that kind of main roster show. And, mm. you know, to me, I think ever since kind of all in last year, I just feel like, you know, there's so much momentum that I, I, I just lost a lot of interest, to be quite honest, in AEW. And I think in particular, one of the things that kind of, you know, really kind of stood out to me last night was just like, um, you know, looking at how NXT is presenting itself and how it's kind of always presented itself. It's always presented itself as kind of like an alternative to the indie. You know, it's kind of, it's, it was always battling with like Ring of Honor. It was always battling with that kind of size of, um, uh, you know, kind of audience. And that's kind of what they were trying to do, the WWE version of. And I think to me, it's like, I found NXT way more interesting because again, not only is it kind of presenting a new kind of overall feel, but I think in comparison to AEW where you've got, you know, your Chris Jericho, and you've got your, uh, you know, Tony Schiavone's, which is all great and I think fits a certain, you know, thing. 
you know, NXT is the one for me where it, it is producing new talent. It is producing young talent. It is trying out, out new commentators, new ways of doing things, uh, new matchups and new kind of, and, and, and still keeping the kind of fundamentals that work. And I think that's the point of difference to me now is kind of when we're doing this comparison to, if anything, it's the days are kind of slightly wrong that, you know, Dynamite should really be focusing with where it is with Raw and where it is with SmackDown. And that is a comparison because uh, to me, I, I, again, I thought the AEW, it was great to see those guys on TV and it's great to see uh, AEW doing things. But to me, uh, I thought NXT was was a far better show and, and keeps me interested in wanting to tune in next week and wanting to kind of keep on. So, Yeah, no, all great points. I think that it's like I think if you want to come out and and talk positively about either show, like to me, they were two very good shows on on Wednesday night. And if you prefer one over the other, I don't, I don't think there's a, a counter argument to it. Um, yeah, it, it's ultimately going to be what appealed to the larger number of people, and over the long term has the most uh, sustainability among those people. I think it's also. Ri- I- Sorry, please go ahead. No, no, I was just, the only thing I was going to quickly uh, update you guys on, just because I heard the thing at the top, was mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, AEW still not on in the UK right now, by the way. So we're uh-huh. we're up to two hours late on that kind of ITV hub thing. And I don't even want to start on that whole mess of a UK deal. I'll, I'll save that for a call next week. But mm-hmm. um, sorry, sorry, wait, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I think, you know, it, it's really interesting that we're even having this discussion right now. I think, because I think for the longest time, the narrative was AEW versus main roster WWE but WWE basically you know using their uh, very much you know uh, I would say an indie brand to go up against AEW to me is a much more interesting competition and I think way more advantageous for WWE way more difficult of a task for AEW because so many of the things that they criticize about the main roster NXT has really already solved so you know to me this is a much more fair fight and a much more competitive fight for AEW than if they were to simply compare themselves against Raw Thanks a lot for the call, Daniel. Hope to hear no from worries. you in the coming weeks. Looking forward to hearing from Brandon. Yes. That's all I'm here for. We will see. We will see if he survived Wednesday night. But it's it's also like an interesting strategy as well, the fact that by putting NXT against AEW, that's all the discussion. It's AEW versus NXT, and yeah. we're not talking about AEW. Like If they were to come out and they do 2 million viewers one week, or they're threatening what uh, a Raw could do mm-hmm. going against Monday Night Football... I think that changes the discussion a lot because no one is talking about AEW in terms of what it is going to do in comparison to a Raw or SmackDown. It is tonight, even best case scenario today, it's looking at, well, they beat NXT, which is not their top tier brand. Right. Yeah. Um, again, you know, the first week numbers, we could probably throw them out, out the window, right? Like it, it really matters like what we, three and four. Might it's a good like. indication to see how many fans are out there that are split amongst these two, these two groups. Right. And it, and we're like, I'm just as interested in the NXT number of what what have they retained from the last two weeks? Are they going to mm-hmm. see a large chunk of that? Or is there going to be a relative maintenance of those numbers? And this whole audience out of left field is checking out AEW. Um we should know that in about 20 minutes. We go back to the phone lines now. We still have a lot of time on the Hangout, so if you can't get in, please keep trying. Uh, but, caller, you're on the line. What's up? They giving out free croissants at this cafe? I've never <laughs> seen it so popular. He has been located. MJ from NJ, welcome. Welcome back. Nice to hear you. Well, it's good to be here. I'm glad I can get a table, and thanks for taking my call. Uh, I saw the forum. had a lot of first-time 
longtime lurkers, and that was awesome to see last night. Record number of so feedback. So congrats I have to Post to Wrestling on a very successful Wednesday night. Yes, and thank you to uh, and, and congrats to Braden and Davey as well, representing up next here with my shirt, um, having a, a great great turnout for for their show as well. So I'll try to be quick here and succinct with my points. Um, first off, WWE is a multi-billion-dollar media content company, and their shows feel that way. AEW, just a wrestling company, used to be a t-shirt company. I give them a lot of credit for what they put on last night. The show looked awesome. Um, here's some comments on like kind of the production issues and stuff, but like they're not in the business of producing this kind of television for uh, 20 plus years. So for the first go around, I thought it was pretty solid. I don't know. Uh, I, I disagree, MJ. I, I watched those shoes. I mean, there's plenty to nitpick. Not too much I'll criticize because it is what it is, and it'll only get better with time, I would have to think. Like you can nitpick some of the production, but I watching those shows back to back to me the the more major league feel was a, a clear AEW advantage for me. I thought that felt like such a bigger show than the NXT show in the the environment that they were in, and I think that that played a, a big difference. I thought it, it'll be interesting when we get to like week four or five when there's not the same rabbit. I mean, this sold out so early. I think some of the more Recent ticket sales have been a little less, and we'll see what that looks like when it's not in a 15,000-person arena. There's smaller venues. But still, yeah, uh, from a production standpoint, I think it was a great first effort. Um, I thought it was very telling that WWE has what I call groupthink. And you hear Triple H talk on his media calls this week about how Vince is hands-off and all this, but it's still groupthink. And for them to come out last night and feel that their very first night head-to-head, they had to bring back Finn Balor, a main roster star, uh, a heavily pushed main roster star. They had to, on top of that, bring back Ciampa. It just felt like we're going to throw everything at the wall to get you to keep your eyes on our product, but that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was so indicative of where WWE has been over the last five years with we're going to do whatever we can to get your eyeballs today, even if it's not a sustainable product, and it may hurt us in the long run because – we're not going to get Finn Balor every week. Are we now going to expect other people to show up? And if that becomes the case, what are you now saying about your main rosters? And it's just very convoluted. I was curious about your thoughts on what they did last night to stand out or to make their show feel really important. Yeah, I mean, for the for the first week out, I, I didn't mind it. Like, I think you want to have some of those those kind of big news items coming out of it. And it is kind of pulling you back to see, okay, where is Finn Balor going to be utilized? Uh, where is Ciampa ultimately going to... Uh, lead up to this eventual match with Adam Cole. So I think it's good to have those things, but you're right. It's a trap you can fall into if you feel that you are at the mercy every week of having to produce a surprise or do that because uh, then it loses its effectiveness. The argument, though, is that, you know, they needed to do this to mitigate all the curiosity that AEW has for this first week. Now, you know, week two and week three and week four, AEW Dynamite might not have that initial curiosity and NXT won't have to throw as much into, you know, their own show to counter it. But you can argue that doing everything that they did, commercial free 30 minutes, you know, uh, three title matches on one show, you can argue that they needed to do that to mitigate the potential embarrassment that they could have suffered without doing a, a big show. Yeah, I guess I just wonder at what cost. Um, you know, now if Kevin Owens loses on Friday, he's going to show up on NXT next week because they have to mitigate the second week of AEW after they had a million viewers. And then the week after that, they got to do something to mitigate the, you know, AEW's now producing a solid, consistent number of a million viewers. So it just, where does it go? It's not, to me, they are so reactionary. 
and this is more of an indictment of where the company has been. Uh, we see this with the reunion shows. We need to pop a number to go up against Monday Night Football. Let's bring back Austin. It's like they're not doing anything to build something of long-term. It's long-term booking, right? Not just character storytelling, but long-term booking for your company, for your brand. What makes you different? What makes you stand apart? Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And the last thing I'll say, because the number's going to come out soon, and I'll let you guys get the, the new callers, if you will. If this number combined is somewhere between like 1.5 and 2 million, what a, what a statement about the last, again, I'll say five years of WWE where they're losing viewers and they're doing two and a half million to three million. But here you are, you're going to have almost two million people tune out on a Wednesday night for the spot monkeys and the indie guys that for years we heard nobody wanted to see. Turns out all you needed all this time was just to give them a spotlight. And I, I'm hoping the number somewhere north of two million combined, so like that's both shows together. But we'll see, and I think that'll be really interesting and hear what the criticism is after this because you know there will be some. Thanks uh, thanks a lot for all those points, MJ. We really appreciate it. Be good, guys. All right. Well, the cafe is full, everybody. Uh, we are continuing to go here uh, through a lot of calls. And, yes, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how much it's, as well, like promoting a lot of this stuff in advance because like surprises are nice, but if you don't alert people ahead of time, it's – it, it's sort of um, you can't really capitalize on that curiosity. Yeah, I agree. Let's try to cram in a few more before these numbers come out. We got a Neil, Neil from Northern Yo. Ireland. What's up? Hello, guys. How are you? I just saw somebody in the uh, in the chat room. Brandon D was accusing me of of being Tony. <laughs> he thought that, oh, uh, you that, that you and Tony Kane are the same person. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I can confirm that we are not. <laughs> hey Neil, what's what's going on with ITV Hub right now? Oh God knows, uh, John. I give up. It, it's um, it's it's not aired uh, the show yet. Is that correct? It's still not showing. But as uh, as we already mentioned, I watched it live on um, the fight option. Yes, and to oh, okay. me, it's it's fairly good value, you know. But especially considering that there isn't any commercial interruptions, and it's interesting. It's an interesting experience watching it that way. It's just a completely long raw feed and occasionally they did I, I left some feedback with you last night which you which you got to among the mountain of feedback you got last night but um occasionally they went back to a you know a ultra wide lens view of the of the arena but mostly they were they were they were going through the matches including with commentary on occasion really? you got to see uh we got to see things like that have been mentioned earlier on with jericho grabbing the mic and saying who who the hell threw, threw this wiener in the ring and all this kind of stuff so it was it was an interesting experience i enjoyed it and i think i may well stick with the fight option for that very reason you know and a very different experience from what you described uh going to see smackdown in toronto way mm-hmm. where it's four minute chin locks etc there was none of that the matches actually were some big spots seemed to me during the uh what would have been picture in picture i guess in the states but you, you don't get that in canada and, and we don't get that for smackdown he, here either um but um, that's all been mostly addressed so i just wanted to say it's really great to be on the season premiere with and with so many new folks we we grew up thousands of miles apart but we we can all hang out at the same street corner of pollock and ting dystopian and uh <laughs> Agony, wherever. <laughs> in the same neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yes. one, one, one small related point on, on the raw feed, is uh, uh, raw as in the un, un, uninterrupted mm-hmm. feed of AEW, is that 
I don't see any reason why ITV could have ITV4 couldn't have picked that up live because they didn't have to run because mm-hmm. because of that they don't have to run every ad break they could they could run every other one or whatever you know mm-hmm. if that's the reason they get mm-hmm. uh, also just very quickly I'll run through a few couple of points um, wonderful graphic way for the for oh, thank you so much no, you, you've got such a talent for those things it's thank brilliant. you thank you for uh, recognizing the handwritten uh, uh, portions <laughs> yes that. yes you picked me up on that or a picture um, I, I'm laughing inwardly at the WWE statement about um, you know the uh, what happened last night. They clearly lost, and for them to talk about marathon not a sprint, they behaved like it was a sprint. They sprinted onto TV when yeah. they only had an hour mm-hmm. while suits were still on. They sprinted up to this week, mm-hmm. stacking the card, limiting the ads, starting with the title match, having an overrun, all of that, and it feels like they still lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see very we'll very see. shortly, I guess. Hey, last thing, Neil, I don't know if you mentioned this in your feedback, but when you're watching the commercial breaks of AEW on fight, is there commentary or is it just you're just watching the action? Sometimes. I, to be honest, it was right. difficult to tell on occasion when it was an ad, but there was definitely one or two occasions where JR said, we're going to a, we're going to a commercial break, but don't go anywhere. There's picture in picture. Okay. There was a small gap of silence. And then, and then, far too quickly for them to be back from commercial break. The, the commentary continued, so there was commentary on on certainly on one or two of the uh, commercial breaks. Uh, cool. um, I also wanted to. I think it may have been brought up while I was waiting on the line. I think it's very interesting if the NXT and AEW ratings combined exceed what Raw gets. That's a good. I actually think that would be a, a positive thing, a straw in the wind at least for a potential of audience growth after some years of decline. You know. Yeah. And one, and one final point, if I can, because I know uh, I'm t- I always do why this. Why not? Sure. Why time. not? One last one. What's up? And it's got nothing to do with anything. CM Punk has has so many estranged friends on the roster that you know you, you remember that whole business with with. Um, uh, Corey on Twitter last year saying, you know, you've you've alienated all your friends, including all the ones who stood with you, even when we weren't meant to and all the rest of it. I yes. think that's going to be a weird dynamic on that show if he's on there with um, with Corey or with uh, some of his old ROH buddies. You know, that's that's going to be a strange thing. I just thought I'd throw that in there for something different to say. But <laughs> wonderful as always to talk to you and keep up the good work and it's all going brilliantly. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Talk to you soon. All right. While we don't have the viewership figures, uh, Tony Maglio from The Wrap, who has been a guest on this show, does have a story up in which uh, it is labeled TNT's All Elite Wrestling Dynamite debut buries USA Network's NXT in ratings. I'm just going to read from this here. Saucy headline. Uh, Going for the jugular. (laughs) Uh, Pro Wrestling's Wednesday Night Wars officially started on cable television last night with the new weekly AEW wrestling show debuted to 1.4 million viewers, besting NXT uh, that did 891,000 viewers. So they do have the overall viewership numbers. Dynamite more than doubled its competition in the key adults 18 to 49 demographic, scoring 878,000 viewers compared to NXT's 414,000 viewers in that demo. And Mm -hmm. okay, so there you go. 1.4 million to 891,000 and doubling them in the 18 to 49 demo. Now, how does this compare to... Well, first of all, the total is what... That would be 2.2? About that, yeah. Which is comparable to what we get for Raw. 
right? the combined audiences. Yes, combined yes. audiences. Yes. Um, so what this tells you is that um, you know NXT got a, a chunk out of it. I mean, they did just over a million viewers last week, so they were down to eight ninety one, and there were a lot of new viewers here created for AEW. What? How does this number compare to NXT's first week on on USA? Their first week, they did 1,179,000. Right, okay. Then they were down to a million six last week, 891 yeah. week three. So AEW did better than NXT's first week unopposed. Yes, by a lot. Wow. Well, what do you make of that? I mean, it tells me that there was uh, a ton of promotion for AEW, a lot of curiosity, and a lot more people than they would have Like, this was not just simply siphoning off NXT's audience. Like, mm-hmm. this was bringing a lot of their fan base to the dance. So NXT's number is not bad. It's not a bad number at all, but maybe bad considering the the show that they set up and maybe bad considering the demographic itself. I think it would tell you that even with their biggest show, they could not counter the premiere uh, and the fan base, the fervor for AEW's debut. I I would take like being that down, especially amongst the the demo that they are fighting over. I think that's a really significant win for AEW, Mm -hmm. more so than just the overall viewership. Shall we go to a few more calls? Uh, Yes. Why not? Let's go to uh, our caller that's on the line right now. What's your name? Yo, you guys, you can hear me? Oh, barely. Barely hear you. Yeah, we hear a lot of wind Yo, or something. Oh, sorry, man. Yo, Dave, this is Dave from D.C., man. Hey, Dave. What's going on? I'm, dri- I'm driving through D.C. traffic, but I'm also, I'm, uh, I'm not David Coons on Instagram, and I just wanted to show you guys some love. Thank you. You wore, you brought love. you brought the shirt to you wore a shirt to to AEW yesterday. Thank oh, you. Oh wow, this is Dave. I was wearing the uh, the Pollock uh, Offsets Ting shirt. We saw and, you uh, on TV. Yeah, I was on TV. Yeah, Moxley and uh, when and uh, yeah, and Omega they brawled right past me, and I was like, I gotta I gotta get this post T shirt on <laughs> on network TV. Our so face. It was there for- but, half, you know. of, half of John and half of my face made it onto the debut of AEW Dynamite, as well as our combined brain. So thank you so much. What did you think of the live show? Man, I, it was really good. I'm, I, uh, To be honest, I, I had a few too many drinks, so I'm going to go back and watch it on TV because <laughs> it's sort of a blur. Um, but, cool. Short and sweet and to the point. I like that review. Do you remember getting in the way of Kenny Omega as you got your face? Like, a beautiful shot. Like, just uh, completely photo-worthy. I saw, yeah, I saw it on YouTube. I was, I was really lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I didn't get trampled because I had my back to those guys, and I definitely could have gotten caught up there. Um, but, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was just a great show. It was the most fun I've had um, at a wrestling show in a long time. And uh, it was really interesting. I think piggybacking on what I heard some people talking about earlier, like, just – randomly had a uh, like a, a group text thread with some of my high school buddies that we used to watch um, wrestling back in like the Attitude Era, and uh, we used to all get together. And he, so that one of my buddies that I hadn't seen in years just also happened to be there on the floor, like in another section. And he, he's a laps fan for like 15, 20 years probably now. So I think like AEW is really drawing people back in that have fallen out of, of watching wrestling, and I think that's really good. Thank you very much. Appreciate the uh, phone call and appreciate the representation. So uh, appreciate it. Hope we hear from you again. All right, I'm gonna. I, I had to end that story, David, about ending that call a little bit short. We have a VIP in the cafe, everybody. Let's welcome everybody, brother Nate Milton. Oh my goodness! Chiming in on the Wednesday Night Wars, brother Nate. How are you doing? 
What is going on, brothers? I, I here's the season of surprising debuts and surprising arrivals. So I, I wanted to get my piece in too. Yes, please. But but uh, first of all, you guys are always doing great things. I'm glad to see the response uh, to the shows last night and and the the renewed invigoration uh, of the postmarks out there. I think this is going to be a good thing for everybody. Yeah, I, um, I found out Nate. I got some breaking news earlier this week as I was I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts that my my two year old has been signed to a developmental deal for a future podcast with Young Simba. Yes, I mean, I mean, when you got Max and Young Simba together, it, it's it's like peanut butter and jelly. That are are a, you are you the talent agent? Are you are you going to be the uh, the one negotiating these deals? I, I think I'll be more like classy Freddie Blassie. You know, I'll, I'll pass the torch to to the two younger guys, but I'll still show up every now and then to give them a rousing speech before they do a show. I felt I felt after after listening to Marcus. I mean, th- this is a guy who feels like he he has felt parenthood. I, I felt like I, I need to send this guy uh, some words of encouragement. Like he is uh, he is going through the fight right now. It seems that it is uh, you know it's always uh, it's an adjustment. It's always a it's a transition for yeah, our good that, friend that Marcus. He knows how like waiting and I live our lives at these random hours of the night because he has to be up with his child. Pretty much, we're all set. So- <laughs> well, Nate, moving back onto the wrestling front, what? Uh, how did you watch on Wednesday night, and what did you watch? Uh, I primarily watched AEW, uh, but I would switch back and forth between that and NXT. And you got to give NXT credit because whoever was programming and timing out the show, they did a really good job to try to keep you from flipping back to TNT uh, mm-hmm. with the way they had broken down the segments. But mm-hmm. overall, uh, I feel like, and, and it's not an original thought. It's been said before. But NXT had the better wrestling. AEW, though, was by far the better television show. And it felt like a bigger deal. It felt like something you couldn't miss. And as good as NXT was, A, I don't know if they've got, you know, that that freshness that AEW has. But B, I don't know if they could put on a show like that, you know, takeover quality uh, show every single week before they burn out their roster. I don't think it's possible, you know. Uh, and but at the same time, that curiosity for that AEW show isn't going to be there every single week either. No. Now, now coming out of this, and you know, if these reports of, of these numbers are, are are true, what do you see the reaction being from both companies? Going well, forward? we know what WWE's reaction is. Well, their yes, public reaction to this number, <laughs> and <laughs> I think it confirms exactly what we thought about that press release uh, an hour or so ago. Yeah, that, that's the type. That's like when your ex you know, gets married on Facebook and you're like, oh, I'm, I am so happy for you, too. Yes. I wish you nothing but the best. <laughs> uh, but, but I think the WWE certainly needs to be concerned. You know, it's not this sky is falling type of thing because the biggest show of the week has yet to premiere. And that'll be, you know, tomorrow night on Fox. Absolutely. What is your prediction on that? Well, I think that's going to be just gigantic on Friday night, yeah. whatever number they pull. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm I looking at this one to be, I, I think, like three and a half million Easy is my mm. prediction. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think three million, and you know, like you said, maybe even three and a half is is certainly within reach. It's it's got a good buzz, man. You know, and and the the promotion from the NFL, or excuse me, from Fox during the NFL shows on Sundays, it it is it has worked, and and so yeah, I think that's going to be a big deal. Uh, you know, they've got a bunch of stars lined up for it. You know, Brock and Kofi, that's going to be interesting to see how that match turns out. So yeah, I think that'll be the biggest show of the week by far. Uh, but if you're WWE looking at what AEW did, the question is, and I think it's something that uh, we talked about when I was on the cafe last time, guys, where did these people come from for AEW? 
and why haven't we been able to reach them? Mm-hmm. And 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 so yeah, I think if you're AEW, you got to be thrilled. This is a good number. Now the question is, can you do it week to week? You know, obviously you might not be able to hit that height every week, but if you can be in the neighborhood and be respectable, that's a good sign for you and for TNT. As far as NXT goes, they might have shot their best shot last night, but. That doesn't mean that, you know, this is a lost battle. This is a lost quote-unquote war. Uh, they, they just have to do what they do. You know, run your race, don't worry about the other guy, which is hard to say in this wrestling world where everything is so competitive and passive-aggressive. But uh, the real winners are, are, are us, man. The real winners are the, the fans and people that follow this and people that cover uh, this industry because it's not what it was back in the 90s and the early 2000s, but it's the closest thing we've had since. Maybe. And and so I... This has been the I most fun. Say, I think it, it's, 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 yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Why you like switching back and forth between the channels, man, and, and getting on Twitter or, or getting on the forum and, and having debates and arguments over this stuff. It's fun. And it's something that's been missing for a while. Like maybe not since the early days of TNA. And even then, that was a far, far distant second to what AEW is now. Well, the only positive thing that came out of the Raw Impact brief head to head on Monday nights was you and I joining forces at the end of it all. <laughs> That, that was the ultimate merger. I mean, I mean, besides uh, besides the greatness of seeing Brian Knobs and uh, Jerry Sags back on national TV, it, it was our union that, that was the biggest uh, benefit from that. Just throwing it back to a, a previous caller about some of like the fingerprints of a old uh, WCW broadcast on TNT. Did you sense that? And what did you think about the balancing act of you know certain levels of nostalgia mixed in with trying to present a fret? Uh, fresh and and new approach i don't mind it i I don't think those are two mutually exclusive ideas and and in fact i think if you ignored the history it would it would have been a missed opportunity because yeah there are a lot of people uh and i think andrew mentioned it when you were talking to him you know that were laps fans or were old WCW fans and they were coming back because you know this is primetime wrestling live on TNT we got Tony Schiavone back Jim Ross is in the building and yeah you know you can play off of nostalgia but you don't want your show to be this you know Rolling Stones reunion tour you know you want this to be something where we use Schiavone we use TNT we use Jim Ross we use somebody like Arn Anderson to set up these new people like I think one of the biggest uh Winners last night, in my opinion, was Rio, who I don't think a lot of people really knew going into the show. But coming out of the show, you'd have to say she's one of the, you know, five biggest moments of the night with her beating Nyla Rose. So, yeah, you know, you can use nostalgia as a means to an end to, you know, not only bring in some of the old old folks that that used to watch WCW, but you can also use it as a way to say, we're going to honor and respect this tradition of WCW, which has been kind of dragged through the mud if you listen listen to WWE revisionist history, but we're also going to do our own thing. We're also going to do something new, so we want you to come along for the ride. Last question, Nate. Uh, you know, the, the official numbers, a million four hundred nine thousand for AEW, 891 for NXT. What does NXT do differently next week, if anything? <laughs> And and those are again, I can't say enough that those are great numbers because I I remember when we talked, like I was like, if they can tiptoe up to a million, that'll be a win. And so for them to exceed that is it, yeah. it's got it, um, it's, among it's a, people eighteen to forty nine, this was the no, AEW was the number two program on cable behind the wow. wild card game. Like that's, that, that's, that's phenomenal. Great. That is a phenomenal number. Like yeah, I don't. I, this has to be at the 
the ceiling of expectations uh, going yeah. into Wednesday night for AEW. And so if, if I'm NXT, I, I think the biggest thing is not to overreact because that was obviously a great number by AEW, but it's also the curiosity factor. It's also, this is something that they've been promoting for months and everybody knew that this was going to be the night where you, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And so everybody's going to be tuned into it. Will they hit that number again next week? It's possible, but they could also regress. And so if I'm NXT, we've got arguably the better talent roster. We've got, you know, more experience in terms of producing the show we got to figure out ways to make ourselves unique, make ourselves stand out. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to compete with AEW from the standpoint of just the aesthetics. Uh, because while I love like Full Sail and the environment there, it doesn't compare to what we saw last night in DC from AEW. Like that crowd was just so hot. And so uh, I think if you're NXT, you, you, know, you want to focus on people like The Dream, focus on people like Undisputed Era, you know, focus on people like Ciampa and play to your strengths, which is good wrestling, play to your strengths, which is, you know, this commentary team, which always gets rave reviews. You know, you want to accentuate what you got. You know, maybe that means having somebody like Finn Balor show up more in the show or the Street Profits, who I, I thought did a great job last night becoming more of a regular part of your show. Uh, but I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel because at the end of the day, you're like what NXT did in terms of numbers is still really damn good. Uh, so just because they didn't get as many people watching as AEW did on the first night of their show, I don't think it's caused to overreact. And I would hope that they wouldn't overreact. Nate, always great to check in with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Hope to hear you in the near future. And and the countdown is on now for the, the next big launch after SmackDown. It's impact on access. I, I am ready. I think that'll be the next big boom you'll see in a cafe uh, viewership and subscriptions. And so, yeah, I'm just going to grab my bagel and sit over here in the corner with Tony K and, and, and pick <laughs> his brain a little bit and see, see what he thought about the show. The great Nate Love Milton it. gracing us with his, oh, his presence on the cafe hangout. Thank you so much, Nate. Uh, and that's going to bring an end to the cafe hangout. Uh, any final thoughts way just on, on the number once again, uh, AEW doing 1,409,000 viewers, a 0.68 among people 18 to 49. NXT comes in at 891,000 viewers in the 18 to 49 demo, a 0.32. I think it tells you there are a lot of wrestling fans 18 to 49 that uh, probably, you know, have a lot of curiosity at least about what else is out there uh, as far as, you know, professional wrestling content on broadcast television. Um, again, I feel like these are really good numbers. Uh, and maybe tells you what the ceiling is on a very first night, but ultimately, what matters is what 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 lasts. You know, I'm I'm probably going to write a lot more about the these breakdowns uh, later tonight. They're the like AEW like smashed them in these demos. The most competitive one was 50 plus, mm -hmm. and AEW still did. Uh, actually, no, that's the NXT one. Won. That's one demo where NXT did win. So, um, 360,000. Or .36 versus AEW's .34. Yeah, so NXT did narrow them out in uh, 50 plus. So that was uh, so that's the new trend clearly for double down on the on the 50 plus crowd maybe. Uh, that hey listen that's that's the audience that like you know does, I I do, do very well for WWE. Yeah yeah, and I do wonder how much of that might have to do with the fact that I would say because AEW so much of its core fan base has has been built online, how much of it has to do with you know perhaps people. Above 50, maybe not being as much on, on, you know, your message boards and listening to podcasts like this. Well, 
it is worth note, like NXT did a 0.36 in the 50 plus the last two weeks on USA, they did a 0.48 last week and a 0.47. So even 50 plus, like they did, they did lose viewership uh, over the, over the past two weeks. It's not like they were retaining in that demo um, the the full amount. So yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, numbers to look into. I look at this. This is a really big win for AEW. And now the next question is who comes back next week? I, I don't know if AEW is able to replicate this next week, but we shall see. This this may get a ton of um, promotion and attention, the spotlight on AEW being the new kid in town on cable TV yes. and what kind of level they can uh, equal or even surpass next week. I mean, that, that's going to be a fascinating question. And how NXT comes back week two. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, who uh, joined us for this uh, inaugural uh, edition of The Hangout uh with all of you guys in the cafe and i really apologize for all of you who uh, couldn't get on the show this was um the most calls by far we've ever had so uh hopefully next week um we can take a lot more phone calls yeah that will be the plan um next week on the show as well david lagana is going to join the show as well so we'll do a chat with him following uh, the nwa's debut with their power show that will be on facebook and youtube next week wonderful you hear the music john I do. What does that mean? It's time to get on out of here. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.